Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today, we're going to look at Luke 17 and specifically ask the question, what is our role in the healing that Jesus wants to do in our lives? I'm going to read a short passage and then we'll pray and spend some time together reflecting in the word of God. Verse 11 of Luke 17, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 lepers approached him, keeping their distance. They called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus asked, Were not 10 made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we thank you for Jesus' interaction with these ten lepers. And we pray today that you would help us to see truth in your word. Maybe none of us today listening to my voice has leprosy. Help us to see, though, where your word is meant to come to us and how we're meant to respond. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So I love this passage. I love it for so many reasons, Uh, but one of them is easy to miss. We're told that this story happens on the way to Jerusalem in an area that was quite literally an in-between place. See, Jesus is headed somewhere. He is going to the cross. He's going to Jerusalem. His mission is really clear. And yet, a story like this, an on-the-way story, if you will, tells us that there's always work for Jesus to do along the way. As he progresses through this little village, um, in, in a place that would have had Samaritans, people who are not um, totally on friendly terms with Jesus and the Jews, Jesus encounters ten lepers. And it's really important for us to see how these lepers approach Jesus. They recognize him. They come close to him. But at the same time, they maintain their distance. See, these men are drawn to Jesus, but they keep some distance. And that's because they learn to live on the margins. See, leprosy is an infectious disease. And because Jews care so much about purity laws, about boundaries, they would um, condition lepers to keep a distance from everyone else. And like I said in my prayer at the beginning, you probably don't have leprosy. And yet, if you stop and put yourself in the shoes of these 10 lepers, you know how they feel. Every one of us has a struggle or some kind of a pattern at play in our lives that causes us to keep our distance, both from Jesus and other people. See, sin is very isolating. It's one of the universal manifestations or symptoms of sin is that we, like the lepers, tend to keep our distance. Well, these men who'd lost so much, had been so isolated, so conditioned to loss, they see Jesus and they move toward him, even if they're a little bit uneasy about how to get all the way to him. So what do they do? They shout out. They say, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. 
And that word master is actually a really telling word in this story because each time Luke uses that word in his gospel, it's used to denote an expectation of authority and power. What they're basically saying is, we're keeping our distance from you. We've lost so much, but we believe that you have power and that if you choose, you could do something about our situation. See, I believe that as we look at these 10 lepers, in light of our own lives, our own struggles, our own inner struggles, the places where we feel cut off and isolated because of sin, the Lord wants us to begin to believe that he can do something about the things that ail us and isolate us. See, when they speak the word master, they're also suggesting that they're willing to submit and surrender, come under the authority of and I think there's something here for us. We live in a world where many of us have been conditioned to think that we are free agents, that we are in control of our own lives, and we don't really need to surrender or submit to anyone, much less God. But see, you can't have it both ways. If we want Jesus to do stuff for us, we've got to be willing to come under his authority. We have to be willing to sub submit and surrender. And that's what these 10 do, at least on the surface. They say, Master, we're willing to surrender. You can do something for us. So what does Jesus do? Does he wrap them in a big hug? Does he preach a sermon and anoint them with oil? No. What he does is actually pretty disappointing. I think if I had been one of the 10, I would have been pretty disappointed. He says, guys, go on. Show yourselves to the priest. He does no ritual. He doesn't lay hands on them. He doesn't even do what he's done in other parts of the New Testament. He just says, go. Do you know that going to see the priest at the time of Christ, if you had leprosy, was what you did when you suspected that you were healed? And yet Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest before they have any evidence of the healing. Remember how at the beginning of this passage I said this miracle was an on-the-way miracle? Well, now Jesus says to his friends, these ten lepers, turn and go on your way. And as they went, they received healing. Do you understand what he did? He invited them to take a step in faith, to do what he said, to obey, to surrender, to submit before they had evidence of his work manifesting in their lives. And I think many times it's exactly the same with you and with me. The Lord invites us to step out and respond in faith, oftentimes before we have evidence that everything's going to work out just right. And a lot of us just don't do it. See, there was a requirement of participation here. Jesus said, I want you to participate. Will you do what he says in advance of a miracle? See, I think sometimes we become stuck in this area. We think, well, I'll, I'll, I'll thank you if you'll just give me what I need, if you'll give me evidence that you're working. And yet here Jesus says, I want you to step out. And I think this gets at a basic trust and submission commitment thing with the Lord. He invites these folks to act as if they're cured before they're cured. So how does that square with you? Are you open to responding in faith when you're in the midst of need? It's hard, but I think it's something the Lord puts in front of us time and time again as we live our lives. So here's the way the story ends. All 10 are healed, but only one bothers to come back. But when that guy comes back, the one returner, who was a Samaritan, by the way, an outsider, someone who just wasn't on friendly terms with Jesus and his people, this guy comes back and he does three things. He praises 
he falls down, more submission, and he thanks Jesus. Praise, submission, thanksgiving. The Lord is calling us to turn around and give thanks. He's calling us to ask for his help and then respond when he helps us. So how many times has God intervened in your life? Maybe are there times where he might have intervened and you may have forgotten? You may have forgotten to name it or to notice it. I believe that one of the things the Lord wants each and every one of us to do is to make time in our life to look for and remember the interventions of God. Because I'm going to tell you, it's easy sometimes to miss those interventions, to take them for granted, to lose sight of them. Only one came back. Will you be a leper that comes back and thanks God, submits to God, praises God, gives him the good that is due his name? Father, I pray for my friends and I ask you to give us a sense of movement toward you even when we feel maybe like these lepers. God, I pray that we would make a move toward you, and that we would respond in faith when you ask us to step out. Lord, help us to live as if you are good, even when we're not 100% sure how things are going to turn out. I pray for your protection and your provision for my friends today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would like to continue meditating on what you heard today, take some time to recall an idea or an image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. When things stand out to us in God's Word, or in our lives, or in what we're reading, or in devotional talks, it often means that God is offering us His help and His guidance. When you have your idea or image in mind, carry it with you as a prayer, coming back to it in the spaces throughout your day. How does it speak to you and where you are right now? What does it say about God and what He wants for you? Speak to Him about these things. Listen for his still small voice and respond to him as simply and as honestly as you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back here again with us next time at Renewing the Center. Mm